Let me just, before we jump in again to God's word, let me just uh, let you know that this month for our generosity drive, as you remember, each month we're getting behind something in the community uh, that's over and above our regular uh, giving and generosity as a church, something specific that we can get behind. And this month, uh, we're going to help out, again, our friends who are serving the Afghan refugees who have been housed temporarily in the city. Andy and I went just before Christmas, didn't we, and spent some time with the, the youngsters there. And um, we thought it would be really good, actually, just to get them a few bits and bobs that they could play with. So we went for a games night, and there was two packs of playing cards, and they disappeared by the end of the night because they just want something to do in the day. And we thought, rather than um, having them feel the guilt and shame of stealing packs of cards, why couldn't we just get them all a pack of playing cards? So it was about, I don't know, what do you reckon, about 20... 20 lads there, maybe, 20 um, people who'd be really appreciate that. So let's see if we can, it's a bit off the wall, this isn't it? Let's buy some playing cards for the glory of God um, this, this month. And also then just some board games that they could play and ping pong balls for the glory of God and ping pong bats as well. They've got some ping pong tables and that would just really bless them, wouldn't it? It'd be a great way for us to show uh, the love of God and his church to them. So we've got five weeks to start bringing those things together and as we do on the last Sunday of the month uh, we'll bring them uh, to here on a Sunday we'll say our generosity together and we'll uh, pass those things on let me just pray for us again um, we're gonna I'm gonna read the same passage that we've already heard we're gonna hear that repeated all the way through this month Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47 we're gonna get really familiar with it let me pray again before we go any further father we thank you all the truths that we've already sung and confessed and professed this afternoon. Father, it's so good, so good to be back in the gathering of your people. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. Oh, Father, we've, we've missed that and we've just missed the, the unique presence that we get to enjoy as we do this. Thank you for the, the universal privilege that it is to do this. Holy Spirit, we pray that as we open these words of truth, before us this afternoon, that you would do a mighty word, work. We thank you that these words are living and active. They are sharper than any double-edged sword. And we can read them in faith and listen to them in faith, knowing that you will do a work. Make us more like Jesus. Just make our hearts um, just be more inclined to be like his heart for each other, for this world that we live in. And Father, ultimately, we pray these things. In your name and for your glory. Amen. Well, there is something about January, isn't there, that is unlike any other month. We've had a couple of weeks off. And I know it's a month that a lot of people struggle with. And maybe that's just after the excess of, of maybe a bit too much food or a bit too much drink or the lack of exercise or some time away from work. And it does feel for some uh, people, for some of us, it feels a little bit sluggish, like we're trying to just get the gears moving and getting moving again. But also, January is a real month of opportunity. It's a new year. It's time to make a new start. And the gyms and their different health programs, they see us coming. Like They know that. They know that January is a time where people see it as, as a new opportunity and will bom- be bombarded with adverts and uh, lots of uh, things popping up on our social media, trying to lure us in and to buy their products and to join their gyms over the next few weeks. And they do see a spike in sales 
during the month of January. And that's because they know it to be true. They know that the new year brings new opportunities, brings an opportunity to make a new start. It gives an opportunity for us to put the last year behind us and to start afresh. And that's true for your diet. It's true for your fitness plan. And it's true, folks, for our spiritual health. I know this time of year, January, especially this first week in January, is a time often where we can look back on the year that's gone. I'm sure many of us can look back at 2021 and look back with fondness and really see a, a tangible growth in our spiritual health. I'm sure all of us have got moments that we'd rather forget. Moments that we'd rather weren't there. And I want to encourage us straight in this afternoon, straight in on this first week back. I just want to remind us of a few truths from God's word. God says he has new mercies for us every morning. And that is true. He says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that is true. He says in Jeremiah that in the coming of Christ, God's people, he will forgive our iniquity and he will remember our sins no more. And when he says those things, he means them. I want us to see it. I'm convinced that God isn't dwelling on our 2021. I don't think he's still there looking back at it and just dwelling on our mistakes. And if he isn't, then neither should we. And if you're taking any time to reflect on the year that's been, what would it look like to look back and not just see the dark moments and the moments where we stumbled into sin or the moments where we've walked in a lack of discipline or we've missed opportunities or we've, we've been lured in by temptation or looking at our weakness of faith and seeing those things as failure. What if we look back and saw those things as opportunities for God's grace? Actually, we look back on those things and see that God is and was and will continue doing what he always does, bringing light into our darkness, being growth, bringing growth where we see death. 2021 is gone, folks. There's nothing we can do about it. It's been and it's gone. And what lies ahead of us is a new year with new opportunity, with new mercy for those who need it, with grace for our, our mistakes yet again, and with all of the resources of heaven ready to meet you if you're willing to walk in the way of Jesus. And that's what I want to call us to this, this afternoon, to dare to walk into 2022 not in fear, not with a feeble expectation of what God might do, but walking into 2022 fully expecting God to give you everything you need to walk in holiness. Fully expecting God to arm you against all of the fiery darts of the enemy. Fully expecting God to answer even the most audacious of prayers that you might pray. Folks, I know some of us have been contending with sin. The same sin, a pattern of sin over and over for years and years and maybe even decades. What would it look like for you to walk into this year with your eyes fixed on Jesus, with your head convinced that he is able to defeat that sin and your heart assured that he wants to? I know some of us are tormented with anxious thoughts 
and anxious patterns of thinking and have been for years and years and perhaps even decades? What would it look like for you to walk into 2022? Convinced that there is nothing coming for you in this year that God has not already seen. There's nothing coming for you this year that troubles him. And there's nothing coming for you this year that he has not already provided the perfect provision for you. I know some of us folks have been crippled with, with the fear of man for so long that it affects all of our decisions. What would it look like for us to walk into this year convinced that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world and he that is in you is already delighted in you. And it's nothing that you can do or can't do that makes him less pleased with you. This is a year of opportunity, folks. We have a, a tradition in the Forsyth house over Christmas of watching all the Harry Potter films. Judge me if you want, but hands down, one of the best series of films. And my favourite character in uh, the Harry Potter saga series, wherever you call it, is Dumbledore. No? And he's not sure. I, he, he's my favourite character because he comes out with some absolute pearls of wisdom. Some one-liners which I'm like, ah, oh. like J.K. Rowling must have had a Bible nearby because I'm like, that's so like rich in the gospel if we can see what's going on behind it. And this is one of my favourites that he says. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of places if only one remembers to turn on a light. And he's right. The truth behind what he says is, is right. And it is all the more profound for those of us who are in Christ. So as we look ahead to the year that is coming, yes, there will be pain. Yes, there will be struggle. Yes, there will be opposition. Yes, there will be temptation that comes towards us. And folks, who knows what madness is around the corner? Who knows what's coming next week? Anything could be around the corner. And if we just choose to see those things, just to see the pain and the struggle and all the surprises that are coming at us, if we just choose to see those things and to walk in the light of the darkness that is coming, we will be crippled with fear. We will be crippled with anxiety. We will stumble and we will fall. Folks, when we see the eternal luminescence of the gospel shining on 2022, which is the brightest truth that this universe has and will ever see. A truth that is a billion times brighter than the light that the sun gives out. When we see our future covered in the light of that gospel, the truth that Jesus has come and defeated Satan, sin and death, and he has brought us into a relationship with God. When we see that truth shining on the darkness that is coming ahead, when we see ourselves, as we've already sung, clothed in the full armour of God, fastened with the belt of truth, adorned with the breastplate of righteousness, our feet readied with the gospel of peace, covered with the shield of faith, assured with the helmet of salvation, and armed with the spirit of truth. 2022 can throw anything at us, folks. If we can see how God has prepared us and how he has soaked the path ahead of us in the light of the glory of the gospel. Folks, we can believe that there isn't just happiness ahead. In 2022, there is the fullness of joy. There is the fullness of the peace of God and there is sublime contentment ready for us. Don't you want that? Isn't that what you want for 2022? Like, I'm desperate for that, folks. 
And so can I encourage us as we start out this year, fix your eyes on Jesus. Soak every day that you have this year in the light of the glory of the gospel and above anything else, devote yourself to Jesus and his mission. There's great opportunity ahead for us, great opportunity for us as a church. And I don't know about you, I know the pandemic is still here. We're back to wearing masks. It's not left us, folks. And if anything, we might even feel it escalating again. But I don't know about you, but I am ready to stop letting it define my every day. And actually to start walking in, in the plans that God has for us, pressing forward and advancing the mission, fixing my eyes on Jesus and devoting myself to him and all that he has ready for us ahead. Are you with me? Is anyone with me for 2022? Is that how we want to move forward? That word devotion, Ryan's already reminded us of it. We've heard it again in the reading that we've had. That word devotion is going to be our go-to word this year as a church. Like, you know, at the end of the year, the, the dictionary people, they get together and they work out what is the, what's the, year, the word that's defined our year. So, so rewind at 12 months. And at the end of 2020, um, after the year that we had, they came together and they were all unanimous. The word that had defined 2020 was... There's a few, a few out there. I think I heard pandemic. That was right whoever said that. Pandemic. 2020 was the year of the pandemic. And this year, as we've launched our attack against uh, the pandemic, this year they've come together and they've agreed that the word of the year for 2021 is... That's true. Nice. I like, I like where you're going, but not true. That's not true. Vaccine is the word of the year this year. So we've had a uh, um, pandemic and vaccine. And they come together and they think, okay, what is on people's minds? What is, what is the word that is said to often? What is the thing that has really defined humanity over these last 12 months? And for us, folks, for Liberty Church, let's dream that at the end of this year, the word that defines our 12 months is devotion. And all our devotion to Jesus that spills out into a radical countercultural devotion in this place with these people. So we're going to kick off our year, spurring each other on towards that. If you've got your Bibles, if you're not already open, go back to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read it again. We're going to become really, really familiar with this passage over the next five weeks. We're going to look over the next five weeks what it is for us to be a community of God's people who are fueled by our devotion to God. And we're going to look at five particular areas of devotion. So starting off this afternoon with devotion to prayer. And then next week looking at devotion to God's word. And then looking at being devoted to each other. Then looking at being devoted to the breaking of bread. And then finally in our last week being devoted to generosity. Which we kick things off this afternoon. Let me read the passage again. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves the apostles teaching and the fellowship the breaking of bread and the prayers and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number Day by day, those who are being saved. What does it mean to be devoted to prayer? 
Well, it doesn't mean that prayer is the only thing that we do. Like if you think about a husband who's devoted to their wife, he doesn't spend every second of the day with her. Like that's not, a, not what it means. That's not what it looks like to be devoted. Like he does other things in the day. He goes to work. He does the dishes. He, he sorts out the washer and he does all of these different things. He's not right next to every second of the day, but his devotion to his wife does affect everything he does in the day. So being devoted to prayer doesn't mean that we are praying all day long, but it does mean that prayer affects us all day long. It does mean that we will have rhythms and patterns of prayer that truly look like devotion, and that's what it looked like in the early church. They immersed themselves in a, in a culture, in a pattern of prayer, and the apostles call the church to continue in that. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, you hear Paul encouraging the church to, to be constant, to be devoted in prayer. And you go on in Colossians 4, 2, and 1 Thessalonians 5, and Ephesians 6, 18, this continual call from the apostles to be devoted, to be constant in prayer. And it'd be really easy to, for me to stand up uh, this afternoon as we start out, especially with our prayer, we can say, okay, they did it, they're calling us to do it, let's just do it. Close the Bible and we go home and we pray. The thing is, I think most of us already know that. I think most of us already know that part of the Christian life is that we will be a people who are devoted to prayer. And my guess is most of us try to do that. And so instead of trying to convince you to do it, what I'd love you to convince us towards this afternoon is why we do it. Why a life devoted to prayer is worthwhile. I want to just give us three encouragements as to why we should do it and then four practical points as to what it could look like. So first off, why do it at all? Why devote your life to prayer? Well, first and foremost, because it is a natural response to being a cross-formed people. I want to spend a little bit more time on this first point because it's fundamental. What we see in the first few pages of Acts is that the disciples of Jesus Christ are transformed by the cross. You know, the Acts of the Apostles is an eyewitness account of how the early church grew. After the life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus, after Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, Luke writes what happens as the church explodes across the world. And those moments are a watershed moment in history. The cross changes everything for Jesus' disciples. And it's true then, and it's true now. If you're not a Christian, that is a truth that you need to hear. This year will be hard for us, all of us. There will be darkness ahead of us this year, but the darkness that we might encounter this year is nothing. Nothing compared to the darkness of an eternity outside of the love and peace of God. And that is a destiny that is coming for every human. Unless we confess our sin to God, come to him in faith, believing that he is our Lord and our Saviour. And that's what the first disciples did, and it changed everything for them, including and especially their devotion to prayer. You know, the night before Jesus was betrayed, we looked at this a few weeks ago. Jesus goes up the Mount of Olives, brings his disciples with him and calls them to, to pray with him. And they've had a long day, they're a little bit tired, and they sit down and they fall asleep. And Jesus is there agonizing in prayer. He's in anguish, crying out to his father, and he comes back to his, to his disciples, and what are they doing? They're asleep. And three times he goes and prays and he comes back and he finds them asleep, asleep at the prayer meeting. We've all been there, right? 
In fact, when I was younger, true story, in the church that I grew up in, we used to go to the prayer meeting in the evening. And every Sunday I would climb under the pew and I'd fall asleep. That, that was my time to catch up. And it was such a thing that the old ladies got together and knitted me my own prayer blanket. But I wasn't praying at all. I was just literally under the seat falling asleep. Under the chair falling asleep. And that's what the disciples did. The prayer meeting for them was an opportunity to fall asleep. And folks, I say we've all been there. You might not have physically fallen asleep in the prayer meeting, but how often have we come to pray and mentally we just switch off? It's time just to entertain our own thoughts or plan what's going on tomorrow. I think that was true of the disciples until the cross. See, the cross of Christ, his death in the place of sinners became the foundation of all prayer. You see, there is actually no real answer for why we would devote ourselves to prayer unless Jesus had died in our place. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. To pray in Jesus' name is to acknowledge that we only have access to the Father's attention. We only have access to the grace of God through the mediation and the work of Jesus as our Savior. Folks, Jesus' death doesn't just bring us forgiveness of sin. His death, his resurrection, his ascension, the coming of the Holy Spirit brings us into the presence of God. And that means we can have full assurance when we pray, God is listening and he answers that is a truth that is so much more profound than we think. Sinful, selfish, proud, arrogant, you and me, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a direct line to the throne room of the eternal sovereign God. That means when we pray, he hears us. And it's not like Father Christmas where God is kind of collecting all our prayers and putting them in a, in a row and he'll get to us eventually. No, as soon as we pray, as soon as those, those requests leave our lips and our minds, he hears them. And he has an answer ready to pour out. Because the disciples devoted themselves to prayer in light of the glory of the cross and the resurrection. Because they knew that God heard them. And so do we. We pray because of the cross. In fact, all of the acts of devotion that we're going to see over the next five weeks flow out of the cross. They flow from the love that God has shown us and is showing us. The cross is the fuel for our prayers. And that really is the answer. That is why we would devote ourselves to prayer. Because of all that God has done for us in Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection and ascension and in the coming of the Holy Spirit. But let me just give us two other quick reasons as well why we would devote ourselves to a life of prayer well secondly because god acts in answers to our prayers this is one of the tensions between god's sovereignty his ability to do all things him control and what is to come and human responsibility so is god sovereign over the future yes but he has also determined that he will use the prayers of his people to bring it about see this all the way through scripture it pops them up there you can read them as i go through but scripture is clear god acts in accordance to the prayers of his people our prayers accomplish much and that means it is totally right and it is totally good to pray audacious courageous crazy impossible prayers because unless we do how can we expect god to answer them Last year, this time last year, as we got ready for our week of prayer, we committed two big things to prayer as a church for 2021. The first thing, two impossible prayers that God would save. 
And we keep praying that day after day. We keep praying that God would use us as his people here to bring about his glorious work of salvation. The other impossible prayer was that God would give us a better place to meet and gather on a Sunday. At that time we were in Morantos and it was wonderful. And those spaces unlocked they'd have been a real gift to us. But we needed somewhere else, didn't we? The kids needed a space to, to have their ministry. We needed more time to have coffee and to chat and to pray together and to share this meal together. And, and Maranto's, as great as it was, just didn't give us that time. And so we pray the impossible prayer. We all know this building wasn't available to us. The doors had closed on this. There was no other space to go. But we prayed and we fasted and we persisted and God provided. I love this quote from Spurgeon. When he's thinking about God acting in answer to the prayers of his people, he says this, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Isn't that beautiful? God's eternal power is moved by the prayers of us. Our feeble prayers move an omnipotent God. What a thought. We pray in light of the cross. We pray because God acts in answer to our prayers. And here, finally, we pray because God tells us to. He calls us to in his word. We saw the scripture just a few moments ago. He calls us in his word to be people who pray, to devote our lives to prayer. And that doesn't mean that we're slaves to this book. Actually, the Bible tells us that we are a free people. We're not free just to wander and to do whatever we want, free to embrace what is good and to follow in the good plans that God has given us. And we'll see that more next week as we look at being a people who are devoted to God's word. But let me just say here very quickly, these are the very words of God. And because he is a perfect, loving and good father, we can trust that whatever he calls us into is always going to be something good. And so when he calls us to pray, we can trust him that he is calling us in to do something good. The act of prayer, folks, is a blessing. Here's another one from Charlie. I love this one as well. To pray is to enter the treasure house of God and to gather riches out of an inexhaustible storehouse. Prayer isn't a burden. Do you read what he's saying? We get to go into into a, a storehouse full of blessing and take whatever we want. If we see prayer as a chore, folks, then we're seeing it for what it isn't. The very act of prayer is a blessing from God. And that's why he wants us to do it. Because he wants us to go in and take whatever it is that we need. So there are three reasons for why we would want to devote ourselves to prayer. Let me just close up and just give us four quick reasons for how. What is it going to look like for us as a church to devote ourselves to prayer this year? Well, firstly, it's going to be structured and spontaneous. A life devoted to prayer is structured and spontaneous. Any act of devotion really comes with an element of planning and structure. Now, it might sound a bit weird, but I I plan my devotion towards Elizabeth. I budget for it. I diarize it. I prioritize it. And it's right to do that with prayer. It's good that we structure our prayer and plan for it. And if you struggle to pray, if you do find a chore, if you struggle just to get into, into gear, if you don't know what to say, then, then start here. Open your Bible. Go to the Psalms. Pray the Psalms. We're going to spend some time this summer looking at what it looks like to pray the Psalms and to see how they just so, so closely resonate with, with the human journey. Pray the Psalms. 
Maybe you could write lists. Write lists for people that you're praying for or things that you're praying for. If you're uh, technologically inclined, then get an app. It's the Prayer Mate app, the Bible app. You can use those two things to help you to get into good rhythms of, of a prayer uh, life, a devoted prayer life. Maybe you could go old school. Get a journal. That's how I like to do it. I write in my journal each day things that I'm praying for, people that I'm praying for, and it allows me to periodically look back and see how God has answered those prayers. It's good to structure your prayer. Folks, I'm convinced that unless you plan, it won't happen. We won't see growth. It's also good to be spontaneous. If I had to write in my diary every time I was going to give Elizabeth a kiss or a cuddle, like that wouldn't be an marriage, marriage at all. It would be a weird relationship. And so it's good to have some structure like we put in the diary when we're going to go out for a date, but it's also good for me just to be devoted to my wife spontaneously. And it's the same with our prayer. It's structure, but it's also be spontaneous. These are the unplanned prayers that we just shoot up throughout the day. Be spontaneous and be structured. Next, make your prayers light and laboured. By light, I mean those prayers that, that, that are weighty, but almost effortless. Like they just, they just roll off the tongue. We pray it and then we leave it and we move on. So here's an example. Last year, and most of you know that we got our car broken into on the way back from our holiday, on the last day of our holiday. And they came and they bust in three of the windows, left a complete mess in the car, took away some valuables, took um, some really sentimental, in fact, they took my prayer journal. Like, that's one of the most precious things that I have. And as we were driving back, crawling down the M56 about 40 mile an hour with bin bags all around the car, glass flying everywhere, the poor kids were, were sitting in their back. We just took a moment because, you know, these things, when they happen, when you just feel uh, and the bitterness and resentment, they can eat you up, right? And so we just took a moment and we, I was going to say we slowed down. We couldn't go any slower than we were, but mentally we slowed down for a moment and we prayed. The kids were confused. They didn't really know what was going on. So we wanted them just to bring them into the picture. And we prayed. We prayed, God, would you forgive these people? Forgive them for what they've done. God, we're sorry that they needed to do something so selfish in order to get money for whatever. And God, we pray that you would bring justice and that you bring good out of the situation. Amen. And that's it. We drew a line under it. We moved on. We didn't pursue God day after day, praying that same prayer, asking him to do something for him to bring about his, his justice. We prayed it once. We parked it. We left it with God and moved on. And incredible good came out of it. Like you guys blessed us incredibly. God answered that prayer through you. You blessed us. And we felt just the really tangible answer from God in, in that just short, simple, light prayer that went up within days. And even last week, I had a phone call of Cheshire Police. I thought it was Elizabeth Prank calling me. She usually does this, puts another accent on and hides her, her um, thing on the phone, but it wasn't. It took me about a minute to be convinced that it was a police officer. He rang me up and told me that they'd found the guy who broke into the car. We're gathering evidence. We're taking him to the court, to court, and we're going to prosecute him. God answered that prayer for justice. And so I fired up another light prayer, just a quick one. Jesus, let me have a chance to meet him. I want to share with him the light that God can bring into the darkness of his life. The power of the gospel in his life. And I've prayed it and I've parked it and I've left it with God. And if he gives me that opportunity, then praise God. Light prayers. These are the regular effortless prayers that just hand everything over to God. The Bible is full of those kind of prayers. It's also full of labored prayers. 
Labour's a helpful word here. Our entry, all of us, our entry into this world was not light and effortless. Our mothers laboured, literally laboured to bring us into the world. Labour is often long, painful. It's full of anguish, tears and desperation. And folks, that is how our prayer should be sometimes. On our knees, pleading with God to move. Refusing to move until we see him act. Praying through sweat and tears. Oftentimes, laboured prayers are accompanied with fasting. So we've given up food or something that we rely on for a season in order to drive us deeper into our devotion to prayer. If you've not tried fasting before, I'd really encourage you to. We're going to have an opportunity this week to do that together. Fasting really helps us deepen and confirm our desire that, God, we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to take hold of what we're seeking for your kingdom. There are light and laboured prayers. And finally, let me wrap up with these last two. We can pray individually and in community and we can pray persistently and patiently. So first, individually and in community. Like This is fairly straightforward. We know what I'm getting at here. We can either pray on our own or we can pray together as God's people. And I'd like to call us to both this year. I want us to see the power and priority in both. I think we get the individual prayer. And in a lot of ways, it's so much easier than coming together and praying in community. <coughs> Probably because communal prayer requires effort, requires thought, requires intentionality. And I'm not just talking about coming on a Sunday and praying together. I'm talking about praying together where God's people are. And that might be in your home with your children. It might be with other people in your household, with your spouse. It might be in the workplace. It might be at GC. It might be when you're sitting down for a roast dinner, a book binder. When God's people come together, I want to encourage us to pray. You know that, that corporate type of prayer, God's people coming together and praying, that is the most frequent, regular type of prayer that we see in the New Testament. And there is so much blessing for us when we engage in it. When we pray together, we get to share each other's burdens. We get to share each other's heartaches. We get to share in the joy of God answering our prayers. We get to see facets of Jesus' character in each other that we don't get to see when we pray on our own. So can I encourage you this year, when these opportunities are opened up, when you find yourself with God's people, jump at that opportunity to pray together. Individually and in community. And then finally, we should pray persistently and patiently. In other words, our prayer patterns should be scattered with prayers like the widow. You know, the widow in Jesus' parable in Luke 18 who just comes and keeps persisting and asking and asking and asking until she gets what she needs. Like that's how we should pray sometimes. Persistently pursuing God for what we need. And celebrating when we receive it, but we're remaining patient when we don't. Let me kind of finish with these two examples of what this persistent patience looks like. When we first planted when he wasn't even born all that time ago. Um, four years ago, the cops, there was only seven adults of us back then. And the cops were looking to move house. So you guys were in Wavertree at the time. And we're looking to move closer into the area. And these guys found the perfect house. It was affordable. It had room to grow, which you definitely needed. Um, I had a, a bit of a garden at the back. It was right next to Tesco's, so very convenient for uh, Beth shopping. And um, it looked perfect. One thing we were trying to do at that time was to be really deliberate in scattering our people across 
this area to try and build a presence and build relationships with people as we planted. And there wasn't really any other houses available where they were at that time. And you, I think at the time you had to move. I think like mortgages were moving around or something. And the timing was these guys had to get out and move over and you were desperate to move. But as you considered, I remember it, we were just chatting through the week where we considered actually that God wanted you closer in to be able to do what he had called you to do, to be purposeful in being present and building relationships. These guys took the difficult decision to leave the house, not put an offer in, instead to commit the situation to prayer. And that's what we did as a church. You'll remember it, those of us who were here. For a week, we prayed and we fasted. We were holding on to the promise that our Father had something better for these guys, even though we couldn't see it. We prayed, we fasted, we persisted. And before the week was out, from nowhere, a house came up just around the corner from Andy. And it's proven to be the perfect house for you guys as you sought to minister to the people around you. They put an offer in, it was accepted, and we helped you move across. And I didn't realise this, Matt told me the other week, just a year later, um, someone got shot outside the house that they nearly moved into. (laughs) So it was the right thing to do. To persist in prayer, to rely on God, and wait for his provision. Devotion in prayer, folks, looks like persistence. And sometimes that persistence only lasts for a week. And we get what we've asked for. Sometimes it lasts a lifetime. See, I know a lot of us have been praying the same prayer. And we still haven't received. So every day I pray for my brother, Sean. He's not a Christian. He's got no interest in God whatsoever. I've fasted and I've prayed and still no change. I know some of you have prayers that you've been praying day in, day out and still no change. Do we give up? I love what Eugene Peterson says. Waiting in prayer is a disciplined refusal to act before God acts. We're not God, folks. So do we give up? keep persisting we keep pleading we keep begging and we wait patiently for him to do what is right now I hadn't intended it when I was planning this preach but you'll see nicely that the four points there spell out slip now this is a preacher's dream when you get a um, what's the word acronym Thanks, man. So the reality is folks A life that isn't devoted to prayer will be a life that lacks a firm foundation and will slip and will slide and will stumble through all that is ahead of us, all of the ups and downs, all of the darkness that is waiting for us in 2022. So would this be a year that we devote ourselves to prayer? Looking back to the cross for our motivation and looking forward with hopeful anticipation of God bringing about his glorious purposes through his people. And this week we've got the best opportunity to put that into practice. 
as we step into our week of prayer. Every day there's going to be a focus for prayer together. And from Tuesday to Sunday, there's opportunities for us to come together and pray together as God's people. And I know there's going to be a lot on this week. We're getting back into work. The kids are getting back into school. We're getting ourselves just motivated again. But can I encourage you to prioritize prayer this week? To get up early, to stay up late, to open your Bibles, to journal, to list, to pray the crazy, audacious, impossible prayers that can only be answered by God. There's so much opportunity ahead of us, Liberty Church. And God has ordained for us to take hold of it through prayer. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the gift of prayer. I thank you that it's your desire to hear from us and to speak to us. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for your ascension. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit without which we would have no hope for being present with God. We would have no hope for our future. We would have no hope of bringing our heartfelt requests to God. So Jesus, stay with us. Give us a greater devotion for prayer. How about devotion to stand, to flow from from the cross, from your resurrection. And Lord Jesus, do that for our joy. Do that for the sake of the lost around us and do it ultimately for your glory. It's in your name that we pray.